You're listening to Healing Through Tarot. I'm your host, Dr. Heather Hardison. Together, we're going to explore divination and help you start your own journey with tarot. I'll discuss my tarot journey and offer ways to use tarot for healing, self-development, and personal growth. So let's get started. Hi, listeners. Welcome to episode 33 of Healing Through Tarot. I'm your host, Dr. Heather Hardison. In this episode, we are tackling shadow work. This will be a mini-series spanning three podcast episodes, since it's quite a big topic to cover. I've created several tarot spreads and exercises for us to use along the way to help guide us through the self-discovery process. And in each episode, I'll also share some tarot decks that are great for working in the dark while exploring our hidden shadow aspects. First, let's talk about what shadow work is in case you're new to this term. Shadow work was popularized by psychiatrist and psychoanalyst Carl Jung, and it involves getting in touch with parts of yourself that you deny and have repressed. Many call it tapping into their dark side. And we're starting off with one of my favorite Jung quotes on the shadow. One does not become enlightened by imagining figures of light but by making the darkness conscious. This quote is a much better description because working to bring illumination into the dark doesn't have to be a scary process. It's all in how you look at it. The process of shadow work entails exploring all parts of our psyche. And in shadow work, a good deal of what has been repressed lives in the unconscious mind. Let's define the terms subconscious and unconscious right at the beginning, because these terms are often confusing. In the field of psychology, the subconscious refers to that part of consciousness that we are unaware of. It is information that is knowable to the conscious mind, but that we are not actively aware of in the moment, but that can influence us. This includes details occurring around us in our environment throughout the day that we aren't focused on but that could be influencing our thoughts and behaviors without us realizing it. It could be a song playing on the radio or noises outside our window that we don't notice in the moment because we're focused on something else at the time. But when asked to recall this information later, could be recalled because it lives in the subconscious mind. That information was absorbed at that subconscious level. The unconscious mind is a part of the mind that cannot be known by the conscious mind. This includes wishes and desires, traumatic memories, and painful emotions that have been repressed. Often, unconscious motives are uncovered in psychotherapy with the help of a psychologist who is trained in this area. I find that tarot is another great tool to bring unconscious material into conscious awareness. In our everyday life, we work mostly from our conscious mind. This is the information we are focused on and are working with in the moment. We may think that our subconscious and unconscious mind aren't very active because they exist outside of our immediate awareness, but that's not true. Our unconscious mind can influence many of our actions, behaviors, and thoughts without our knowledge. It can seep into our daily life, causing us to react emotionally to psychological triggers, often leaving us confused by our behaviors and actions. It can feel like these emotional reactions come out of the blue, but that's just because we really don't know ourselves fully. 
at least not the part that we've kept hidden away in the darkest recesses of our mind. If we shut that part of us away, it's left up to its own devices and can act up and cause all kind of havoc in our lives, leaving us to clean up the mess and scratching our heads as to the cause of our overreactions, meltdowns, and outbursts. It can be unnerving to be caught so unaware of our own motivations and behaviors. This is why shadow work is so important. It may feel daunting, but it's worth your time and effort to explore all parts of your psyche to raise your self-awareness so that we reduce the frequency of these emotional reactions. Understanding what lies in our unconscious mind helps us catch these moments of unprocessed emotions before we lash out uncontrollably when faced with an emotional trigger. Shadow work is the act of diving under the surface into the unconscious mind, which consists of the things that we repress and hide even from ourselves, such as trauma, problematic personality tendencies, and painful memories and insecurities. Your shadow is activated when you are triggered in your life. This could be through your relationships, in certain unsettling situations, or when specific hot-button topics are brought up. These are clues that those issues need to be further explored so you can process them fully once and for all. If you put in the work, then the shadow self won't continue to pop up and create havoc in your life. We typically only show our light aspects to the world, hiding our shadow aspects even from ourselves. The shadow contains our fears, aspects of ourselves we can't face or want others to see, and wounds we wish to forget and bury. Pulling all of this into the light can elevate our healing to a whole other level. We all have a shadow self, so if you feel shame about this side of yourself, you are not alone. Just know that there's absolutely no reason to feel shame about this. It's what makes us human. It's something we should all embrace instead of fear. Shadow work can seem scary to some, but I think that's due to the way that it's often presented. It doesn't have to be so dark and grim. There's a great deal of healing that occurs when we do this inner work. It's not comfortable, but most healing isn't. It's similar to my psychological work in my private practice. When clients come in to be assessed, they are often anxious about what condition they will be diagnosed with. Some are worried about the disorders with negative connotations in society, while other clients associate traumatic childhood experiences with their parents' own mental illness. So there's a sense of dread when we're completing the psychological evaluation. But most of the time, when we've narrowed down the issue that needs to be addressed and start working on a treatment plan, there's a great deal of relief that comes from having uncovered the cause of their distress. Once they start to improve with therapy, they often express gratitude for the therapeutic experience, even though it can be a hard and uncomfortable road. Having an answer brings relief. Discovering your own strength throughout the process of self-discovery and inner work is incredibly empowering. Often in therapy, we are delving into the shadow and finding a way back into the light with an integrated self that feels much more whole, authentic, and healthy. Having said all that, let's talk about the frame of mind you need to be in to start the shadow work journey. 
I suggest that you start when you're in a stable place in your life. This includes work, home life, and mental health. I know many of us may be feeling vulnerable still during this ongoing global pandemic that has now gone into a third year. So that's something to consider. Assess how vulnerable you feel before starting shadow work. I happen to think that this downtime can be a great time for self-reflection and shadow work since many of us are isolating more than we ever have before. And that gives us plenty of time to devote to deep, meaningful inner work. You can undertake shadow work yourself in most cases. However, it's a good idea to enlist the help of a mental health professional if you have history of severe trauma. That way you have a built-in support system through the process and your therapist can guide you safely through the toughest parts of the work. So if you feel stable and in a good place mentally, let's talk about how to know if you need shadow work. Here are some clues that shadow work is necessary. You're experiencing issues in relationships, like frequent arguments, emotionally lashing out, or blaming others for how you feel. Angry outbursts when certain situations arise or when specific topics are brought up in your presence. Self-defense mechanisms kick in when you feel challenged or confronted. An example of this is shutting down emotionally in childhood, which helps protect oneself and provide security, but this can lead to other issues later in life. You could become emotionally unavailable in relationships and aloof due to shutting off your emotions, causing your partner to feel that you're disconnected and not a supportive partner. Shadow work often improves relationships if they're healthy ones to begin with. Another clue to start shadow work is noticing self-sabotaging behaviors and addictions that have been hard to break. Triggers in your daily life that lead to anger or fights with others or that cause you to retreat and shut down. Examples of triggers can be politics, certain personalities, or specific words or terms that carry traumatic associations for you. If you keep pulling the following tarot cards and tarot readings, you might need to start some shadow work. The Moon card, the Devil, or the Seven of Swords. If any of these examples from this list sound familiar, then it is a good sign that you need to tackle some shadow work. Prepare to encounter resistance as you start shadow work. Have you ever noticed how hard we work as humans to avoid facing ourselves? We hide behind constant distractions and stay so busy that we don't have to look past what's visible at the surface. And this is a shame because there's so much healing that's possible if we face the full extent of ourselves. Healing of all kinds is possible. Emotional, physical, and deep spiritual and psychological healing. Resistance is one of the first things you will encounter when you even think about starting shadow work. The problem is that most people don't want to experience any pain or discomfort, so they retreat as soon as resistance rears up. But the rewards are so worth it if you can push through it. When we operate blindly, without knowledge of our shadow, we tend to project all of those aspects of ourselves that we deny and repress. The beauty of shadow work is that if we approach it from a perspective of observation, curiosity, discovery, and healing, then we have the golden opportunity to integrate these hidden shadow aspects into a more integrated whole self. 
This brings us to a healthier mindset and a place of peace and stability. There's so much more to each of us than we are conscious of. Unfortunately, humans have been working from a limited angle where we only accept and observe the aspects that we deem as positive. We fear what makes us uncomfortable. If we can put aside the moral judgments and labeling of these aspects of ourselves, we can approach this process from a position that doesn't have to feel so scary or daunting. We just need to accept that each of us has aspects within us that span a wide continuum. No one is all good or all bad, if you use those terms. We are everything, and that's the point. Instead of backing away when resistance pops up, let's challenge ourselves to dive under the surface and use our triggers as teachers. Identify what the trigger represents and do the work needed to break the cycle that this trigger kicks off. That's why I started this podcast, to take the Healing Through Terror journey with you. So I'm doing all of this work too. Some of it I've already done, and some of it I continue to do, because it's an ongoing process. We're in this together. Let's all just breathe through it and hold space for each other to do this important healing work. Another reason resistance occurs is that shadow work reveals our core beliefs about ourselves, our relationships, family dynamics, childhood trauma and wounds, conditioning and programming from early on, traits that we don't want to accept, and behaviors we don't want to take accountability for. No one wants to take on more accountability these days, it seems, but this is a necessary step in shadow work. In case you aren't sure yet if you should undertake the shadow work journey, I created a spread to help give you some insight into your current mindset and some clues about what you might find on this journey. Here are the seven prompts for this spread that I titled, Should I Tackle Shadow Work? What is the current state of my mental health? What will I confront in my shadow along the way? Am I in a good place mentally to tackle this journey? What will I discover about myself on the shadow work journey? What area of my life will experience the most healing from this work? What inner strength will I tap into? And what lesson will I conquer with this work? Pay attention to how you feel when you pull the cards. This will help you determine if you're in a good place to take this task on. Aces are definitely a big yes, as well as most of the positive major arcana cards. If you feel at any point that your gut is sending a signal to you, that could be a warning. Take that as a sign that it might not be the right time to do this work. In that case, you can table this and come back to it when things are more stable. I would encourage you to still listen to the episodes in the Shadow Work series so that you're mentally prepared for this work when you do decide to double back and take this on in the future. And if you decide to start this work and then decide to pause later on, that's perfectly fine. It's always best to take care of yourself and protect yourself along the way. Now let's take a close look at the goal of shadow work. In each of us, there is another whom we do not know. Carl Jung. Think of shadow work as just exploring the unconscious mind to understand and know the extent of yourself. Before plunging into the shadow, we don't know the extent of ourselves. 
our hidden strengths, weaknesses, insecurities, misbeliefs, hang-ups, the depths of our soul. It would be a shame to leave this life without fully knowing oneself. Shadow work can be extremely powerful and impactful. Some people who put in massive amounts of shadow work have amazing breakthroughs and are successful in breaking cycles of addiction, self-abuse, self-sabotage, and some can finally heal childhood trauma. Part of breaking these patterns is observing, accepting these hidden aspects, and taking responsibility for our behaviors. When we hold ourselves accountable, we work to make more conscious, intentional decisions. Shadow work is a constant journey, as there's so much to work through. I view it as an ongoing healing journey that can be enjoyable if you embrace it and if you enjoy working on self-growth. I find that it does get much easier once you just work through those first few steps. With my own experience with shadow work, I had massive breakthroughs when I explored why I was so driven to perfectionism and working around the clock. Understanding where these issues were rooted and why, I was able to make powerful changes in my life and my work schedule that helped improve my overall physical health and mental health. Being able to look at myself with empathy and compassion for the first time, I was able to bring about radical change. I've still got a ways to go, but at least I'm starting to see a difference in how I feel. After a quick break, I will discuss how to prepare for beginning our shadow work journey, and I will share another shadow work spread along with my review of the Deviant Moon Tarot. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My fictional divination book series, the Divining Sisters series, has launched. You can purchase book one in the series, The Call of the Cards, now on Amazon and Barnes & Noble in paperback or ebook. If you're a fan of divination, this is a great book series for you. Follow along as my main character, Alexandra Steele, discovers numerous past life connections to the craft of divination which sparks an awakening that leaves her life forever changed. As she reconnects to these deep mystical ties, she begins to learn about her destiny, which is revealed as she starts to encounter coven sisters and foes from previous incarnations. Dive into this powerful story of empowerment, healing, and sisterhood as Alexandra struggles to overcome past life fears and trauma to come into her own power with the help of her coven sisters. Grab a copy of The Call of the Cards and experience the magic of healing for yourself. And please leave a review wherever you purchase the book to help me reach new readers who can discover the divinatory world that we all love so much. I'm excited to announce the launch of my third spread ebook. It's called Healing Through Tarot's Healing and Mental Health Spreads, Volume 2. 
This ebook contains 15 custom spreads centered around healing and mental health issues, including anxiety, depression, and self-care. Each spread is a nine-card spread, so there's plenty to dive into here. Volume 2 contains spreads for inner child healing, body healing, conquering anxiety, managing depression, reparenting yourself, restoring balance, ancestral karma clearing, a Chiron wounded healer spread, an empath spread, a soul connection spread, and much more. This ebook is a complement to the Volume 1 Healing and Mental Health Spread ebook, but it can also stand alone. You can find this spread ebook on my website, healingthroughterra.com, for $14. A list of all 15 spreads is on my website. And you can use oracle cards or tarot cards with these spreads. This spread ebook is designed to help take you through the healing work needed to heal old wounds and step into brand new energy of empowerment. Together, we can heal through tarot. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall, rock-climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. So how can you prepare yourself for the shadow work journey? Prepare to encounter traits that are going to make you uncomfortable at first. This can include narcissism, selfishness, greed, self-hatred, unworthiness, shame, rage, guilt, unprocessed trauma or childhood issues, parental issues, insecurities, and flaws. You may also encounter regret over things you've done in the past, often due to acting out when your shadow is present. In those cases, you acted out of a self-defense mechanism to protect yourself. Shadow work helps to make all of this unconscious material conscious. Through this work, we'll be able to catch ourselves before we fall back into these unconscious behaviors. Something I see a lot of people encounter in shadow work is greed or stinginess. And this could be due to growing up without much food or necessities or past lives in poverty or even generational trauma passed down in families, especially when their ancestors lived through the Depression or in wartime, when food or resources were rationed for years. All of this can be present in the shadow. So it's not surprising to bump into fears of poverty or the need to hoard or hold onto our money tightly in response to that scarcity mindset. This can often lead to shame for lightworkers who don't want to acknowledge that this mindset exists within, when so much of their conscious identity is focused on the collective and on helping others. But there's no reason to feel shame. I encourage you to suspend judgment and harsh critical analysis when working through your shadow. Just observe and process. Don't assign labels of positive or negative, light or dark, or good or evil. None of that matters. That's where shame can enter the equation. If you uncover something disturbing, observe it, journal about it, and definitely dig deeper to find the source, whatever it is, whether it's generational trauma, childhood wounds, or deep-seated fears. Then work on accepting these aspects and put your focus on healing and integration. 
Prepare yourself mentally to encounter some or all of this. And remember, we all have shadow elements. We've all reacted unconsciously, and we all struggle with this process. I'm hoping by drawing attention to this first, it lowers your anxiety and dread about the process. It's part of what sets humans apart from the animal kingdom. We have depths to our psyche that we must traverse in order to become whole again, and that's never easy. There are some precautions that we should take when starting this work to keep ourselves safe and supported. During this process, I suggest putting a support system in place consisting of loved ones, friends, and even a mental health professional to help support you through this process. Even if you never need to lean on them along the way, it helps us to know at the start who we can talk with if we encounter disturbing revelations during this work. I recommend making a list of self-care activities to engage in regularly to keep yourself in a positive and healthy frame of mind throughout. Examples of self-care rituals include long hot baths, sound baths using singing bowls, meditating, yoga or stretching, journaling, reading a good book, and exercising, preferably out in nature. Once you begin the process, if you ever feel unsafe or if you have the urge to self-harm or worry about any dark thoughts you're having, reach out to someone you put on your support system list, and this will help you not feel so alone. And you can always call the suicide hotline at 1-800-273-TALK. Now that you know what to expect, let's begin. We're going to start off easy. Go through your deck collection and select a handful of tarot and oracle decks to use during our shadow work series. These could be decks that have darker color palettes, themes, or imagery. Black and white decks are ideal as well. Once you have your decks, pick one and flip through the entire deck face up and pull out any cards that you find triggering. These could be specific cards or imagery in that particular deck or cards that trigger you in general, no matter the deck, like the tower card. These will be cards that you have negative feelings towards, ones you wish you could take out of the deck, and those that you cringe over when they pop out of the deck or show up in one of your spreads. Once you've selected your triggering cards, answer the following questions that I've created about each card and journal on a few or all of the triggering cards. So for each card, ask yourself these questions. Why does this card trigger me? What image comes to mind when I look at this card? What memory do I associate with this card? What life event does this card represent for me? What emotion is evoked when I pull this card? Which people in my life come to mind with this card? Which adjectives would I use to describe this card? What do I fear when this card comes up in a spread for me? What aspect of myself is represented by this card? And if I could alter this card, what would I alter about it and why? Each of these prompts should give you answers that you could probe much further with to unpack your triggers. Pick the cards that cause the most reaction from you to explore further through journaling and automatic writing. I created a graphic with all of these questions in this exercise for triggering tarot cards. You can find that graphic on my blog on my website and on my Instagram and Healing Through Tarot Pinterest boards. 
For my triggering tarot cards, I chose the Five of Pentacles, the Tower, Five of Swords, and Seven of Swords. The Tower and Five of Pentacles will always represent my health crisis of pancreatitis, so I always dread these cards popping up. This means that I still have work to do with these cards, and that's okay. The Five and Seven of Swords stalk me quite frequently. They are the messages for my guides to always analyze my hidden motivations and intentions. It's the card's way of constantly calling me out, which is a good thing, but I can't say that it's ever comfortable. To dive further into our shadow work, I'll now share with you the six-card spread I've titled Diving into the Shadow. Here are the prompts. What aspect of myself am I denying? Which illusions cloud my judgment of my true self? What am I afraid others will see about my shadow self? What facet of my psyche am I most afraid to face? What can I learn from this aspect of myself? And how can I accept this aspect of myself to feel more whole? If you want to throw this spread for yourself, you can find this spread on my blog on my website, healingthroughtarot.com. And I've posted a graphic of this spread on my Healing Through Tarot accounts on Pinterest and Instagram. I would love to see the photos of your spreads. Please tag me on Instagram at Healing Through Tarot. And please use the hashtag Healing Through Tarot, diving into the shadow spread. In this shadow work series, I will review several decks that I find ideal for shadow work to help you see which type of decks are effective tools for exploring the shadow. U.S. Games sent me the Deviant Moon Tarot by Patrick Valenza for review in fall of 2021 for my episode on my favorite Halloween decks. I briefly reviewed it in that episode because it's also great to read with around Halloween. One of the reasons this deck is so perfect for shadow work is how evocative it is. The artwork seems dark at first glance, and much of the imagery can be triggering and disturbing. If you're familiar with the deck, just call up the image of the death card. That image is very off-putting at first. I knew if I ever worked with this deck that it would be solely for shadow work. When choosing decks for shadow work, we want imagery that will unearth the darker elements of ourselves. Decks with confronting artwork evoke visceral reactions from us. This coaxes our inner darkness, shadow, and repressed trauma to the surface so we can explore it, process it, and integrate it with the rest of our psyche. This is such an important step in shadow work because issues and wounds that stay hidden and invisible in the depths of the unconscious mind are never dealt with and can remain hidden. This will continue to cause problems and can manifest as physical problems and larger psychological issues. Patrick's intriguing characters and moonlit dreamscapes instantly draw you into the luminescent world of the Deviant Moon Tarot. The symbolism in this deck is so rich. Many of the figures in the cards have a double moon face, symbolizing dual conscious and subconscious states. So these residents of this world are half asleep, half awake. I love the duality in this imagery. The moon card in the tarot represents the shadow, the subconscious, hidden fears, repressed emotions, 
illusions, and our intuition. If you pull the moon card often, that could be a nudge towards shadow work. And this deck revolves around the moon. So this deviant moon world is the perfect environment to explore our shadow selves. Patrick's evocative imagery is so effective at pushing readers to come face-to-face with deep inner shadows. And I love how he uses the moon phases in the imagery to signal the awareness of the figures in the card and how the size of the moon signals the impact the moon has on the figures. This symbolism is so effective with this deep psychological work. So pay close attention to where the moon is in the card, where the moonlight lands, how large the moon is, how close to the figure the moon is, and if the moonlight touches the figure or illuminates any part of them in the image. If you pay attention to the presence and the shape of the moon in the cards, you'll notice how much impact this moon has in this deck. It's named the Deviant Moon Terra for a reason. Look to the moon in each card for clues about the interaction and the relationship between the moon and the figures in the card. For example, In the lover's card, the moon cast a hypnotic spell upon the lovers, influencing their thoughts and passions. In the moon card, the full moon manipulates the thoughts of the figures below like a puppeteer. We can even see the silvery strings representing the lunar energy that infiltrates their subconscious minds, distorting their reality. Due to this illusion, their shadow selves emerge, and we see their true desires while their inhibitions melt away. In the Six of Swords, a refugee, escaping the chaos that has descended upon the kingdom, flies high above the drama in a hot air balloon. The refugee faces severe turbulence in the air and is traveling against the wind. The deviant moon tries to deflate his ambitions with subliminal taunts and discouraging vibrations, but the traveler continues moving forward to smoother skies. In the Five of Wands, the full moon lords over all the combatants and warps their common sense, further driving them into a frenzy. In the Three of Wands, an expectant mother awaits the bloom of her three young wands. Here, the deviant moon imparts its energy and spirit upon the buds with its silver breath. The mother has brought them as far as she can. Now the universe will complete the creation. In the Ace of Cups, a majestic archangel cradles her chalice and turns the water into an elixir of kindness. She invites the deviant moon to sip of this essence as a generous offer of goodwill. In the card, we see the moon drinking from this bountiful offering. And in the Eight of Swords, the hypnotic call of the deviant moon lures a young woman out of her sleep and pulls her toward an open window. The whispers of the moon confuse the woman as she struggles to regain her sense of reality. She feels powerless against this nocturnal trance and tries to scream for help but no sound can escape her throat. Below her balcony stand eight swords poised to pierce her body if she were to fall. For now she prays for the sun to rise and banish the shadow and the moon's mysterious influence over her thoughts. In each of these cards, we can see how Patrick has used the moon and the images to convey the transformations taking place within the characters, the struggle between their conscious and unconscious minds, and how they ultimately grow from their experiences with their shadow selves. He describes his own deck as a self-empowerment deck, if you are willing to look within and face your fears. He encourages us to work through our aversion to certain cards and to confront any predisposed negative associations we have with certain imagery. 
He even states, Know that you have the power to dissolve the shadows that haunt you whenever you choose. The Deviant Moon is very much a deck where you can explore the dark corners of your psyche. This allows us to have our own unique experience where our subconscious leads us on a journey to work through issues that we aren't aware of yet. It's very cathartic to work with imagery this visceral. This deck is a true psychological tool for shadow work, empowerment, and self-growth. And make no mistake, there is no line or shape placed haphazardly here. This is one of the most thought-out decks I've ever encountered. Every single detail has deep, profound meaning, placed perfectly to grab our attention and nudge us towards rich psychological insights. I could look at these cards for hours and still not catch half the symbolism. I highly recommend the Hardback Deviant Moon Tarot Companion book to better understand the elements he uses to convey the inner work taking place for the figures in each of these cards. Reading Patrick's descriptions of the images really helped me to connect with the energy of this deck and the characters of this dreamy, moonlit world. I found my work with the Deviant Moon Tarot to be quite transformative and enlightening. There's so much more to this deck than I first realized. It's deep, meaningful, and psychologically minded. This deck stands out from any other deck I've worked with, and it is my top choice for a shadow work deck. I've provided links to this deck and the companion book in the show notes and in my blog post for this episode on my website. A huge thanks to U.S. Games for sending over this deck for me to work with and review. Before I sign off, I want to announce that I will be hosting a chakra-themed tarot challenge on Instagram during the month of April 2022. I've created prompts for each of the 30 days in April and linked them to themes of each chakra. To follow the challenge, make sure you follow me on Instagram. I'm at Healing Through Tarot. Through is T-H-R-U. I will post the graphic with all of the prompts on my Instagram account a few days before we start the challenge on April 1st. But if you want to see it early, check out my blog on my website. I've included the graphic there in this episode's companion blog. Feel free to join in on the challenge. I enjoy seeing all of the daily posts and interacting with everyone participating. In the next episode, we'll continue our shadow work series with part two, where I will be discussing triggers and healing old wounds connected to our triggers. I'll also be reviewing the new Disney Villains Tarot and showing you how to use this deck for shadow work. So join me next time. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you found this information valuable, Consider subscribing to the show so you never miss an episode. And please rate and review this podcast and tell fellow card readers about the show. You can find more tarot tips on my blog on HealingThroughTarot.com and on my Pinterest and Instagram page, both under Healing Through Tarot. That's through, spelled T-H-R-U. See you next time, card slingers.